It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On the Washington football team with your host of the Locked On Washington football team podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell. Today's episode brought to you by the Locked On Today podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome new listeners and returning listeners. We are so close to the first round of the NFL, the NFL draft. We can almost see it happening right before our eyes. But of course, before that happened, the Washington football team making a deal before we ever even get to the selection meeting. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. If you haven't already, whether you're new or a returning listener, please click subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're listening. Leave a rating, leave a review. Those five-star reviews get read from time to time on the show. We have a really long one that we've actually been trying to get to, but it's so long that we have to find the time. It's not a quick one that we can just kind of squeeze in there at the end. We'll see if we can get to that one today. Uh, when we're not here at the show, you can find Chris over at the Team 983 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, and on the Odyssey app. Also covering your Washington football team and writing for SI.com. You can find me covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at the Locked on Bucks podcast and in writing at BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation on Twitter. Find Chris at WrestleMania621. Find me at DHarrison82. Find the show at LockedWFTPod. And Chris, I already kind of referenced it, but Washington football team adding offensive line help before the draft even opens up. It's like making a trade before the stock market opens up, but it's a pretty good move in my opinion. What are your reactions to the trade for Eric Flowers? Yeah, so Eric Flowers comes back to Washington. Now he only spent a a year here, so it would be reckless to say like he spent a good portion of his career here. But this is where his career was not made, David, but saved. He was a guy that nobody really wanted uh, a flame out as a top 10. I think he went nine overall to the Giants in the same year that Brandon Sheriff went. Uh, and didn't work out at left tackle, didn't work out at right tackle. But uh, as I've reported consistently over the years, including before that 2015 draft, I had heard that the Washington football team was real close to taking him. Uh, And I knew that Bill Callahan, the former interim head coach, and more importantly, offensive line coach, really, really liked Eric Flowers, but liked him as a guard. And that's the vision he always had. And damn it, Bill Callahan was right. Because the only reason why Eric Flowers is still in the league and the reason why Eric Flowers got paid is because uh, A, he was willing to convert to guard and B, because Bill Callahan worked with him to get way better uh, and as than he was as a tackle. So, um, you know, ultimately his career was saved here. And now he comes back. What's ironic Besides, you know, the compensation, which we'll get into in a second and what it means for Brandon Sheriff, David, he he didn't work with this coaching staff like they could have kept him. They had interest in keeping him. It's not like they didn't want him. They had interest in keeping him. They just had valued him differently. And it sounds like they were right because the Dolphins obviously paid him more money than they were ultimately comfortable with after one year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is unique in, in that money division, like you were talking about, like we'll, we'll get to here in a second. But uh, I like the way you put that, that, you know, Washington isn't where his his career was made, but where it was saved. And sometimes with these offensive linemen, especially, I mean, it, it's a really hard uh, any anywhere on the offensive line is really hard. Uh, position to play. I mean, every position in football is really hard to play, but I think especially so on the offensive line. Sometimes these guys need to learn, uh, you know, they need to grow into an NFL body. They need to grow a little bit, you know, in maturity and, and get more technically savvy. You know, uh, I think down there in the trenches, a lot of people kind of look at it as just big dudes pushing on each other. Uh, but there's a lot of technical skills that go into it, you know, counter punches and moves and, and setting up guys and reading. And then especially on the offensive line, you got five guys uh, essentially working as one unit. And if you if one guy reads, you know, what's happening on the field uh, the wrong way, it can blow up the entire operation. So sometimes it takes these guys a little bit more time to get going. I don't know that Eric Flowers is, you know, a future, you know, offensive lineman uh, for the Washington football team you know, from this moment on and, and he'll spend the rest of his career starting on the offensive line for the team. But he's certainly a guy that has shown that he can be capable, shown that he has some talent. And like you said, I mean, if, if this coaching staff believes in enough, uh, believes in him enough to bring him back, albeit at a lower price point uh, than, you know, he got, he got paid originally by the Miami Dolphins. And I think it's a good opportunity. And I think it's really in direct reflection of what's going on with Brandon Scherf. Cause uh, I saw one Twitter uh, person where one person on Twitter interact directly with one of your tweets saying, you know, there goes Brandon. And I think we're all kind of, you know, in the mindset that Brandon Scherf probably isn't going to be on this team after this year. At least that's where I'm at. And I, I get the feeling that a lot of people probably agree with that as well. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I think it's very highly unlikely that he will. Uh, you know, the question now becomes, now that this deal is, 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 is done, um, you know, and it's only a swap of seventh round picks, uh, now that this deal is done, what impact does it have on the draft Thursday night, say in the first round, and really e even the first couple of rounds? And does it have any impact on Brandon Sheriff? Meaning, with Eric Flowers in the fold, could they possibly entertain trading Brandon Sheriff? And you might say that's crazy. Why would you do that? Well, again, if you're not planning on going to a long-distance deal, and if you don't think that can be done then you might want to get something for Brandon Sheriff instead of paying him $18 million, having him walk out, not even being guaranteed a third round compensatory pick a couple of years from now. So, um, you know, th th that's the bottom line. Uh, before we get back into Sheriff, uh, I just wanted to add this, the Miami Dolphins, you know, because they paid him the contract with the guarantees, it was nearly 20 million. Washington, David, is only going to pay Brand uh, Eric Flowers $3 million this year. Now, next year, and they don't have to keep him because most of the guaranteed money is gone. Uh, only about two-thirds of that contract, $30 million, uh, two-thirds of the $30 million, I should say, were fully guaranteed. So Washington is not going to have to pay him if they don't want to next year. His cap number is going to be, or his base salary is going to be about $10 million, I think a little over $10 million next year. So that's a you know, a hefty tag if he's not really playing well, but they have flexibility is the point. They have flexibility. We'll get more into what else they have uh, coming up next right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. David Harrison, and Chris Russell, we are back together again. Missed it. Uh, and uh, hopefully we uh, will be together for, well, we'll be together for two days before we separate again. This episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. 
Ring short to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. Ten female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day, only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I checked out these uh, this line, and I'm blown away by the beautiful, simple ring from Lola Fenhurst. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring, she'll treasure forever. You're definitely going to want to check it out, guys. They won't be around long. So find them now by searching the words 1010 only at BlueNile.com. All right, Washington football team fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. Again, that's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Nugenics Total T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ad says, she'll like it too. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. There's a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. It works. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. You can follow David at dharrison82, at dharrison82 on Twitter. As well, you can follow me at russellmania621, at russellmania621. And don't forget the pod. David does a great job keeping that up uh, to date on Twitter as well, at LockedWFTPod, at LockedWFTPod. All right, so David, we got into it a little bit in the first segment, but what do you think this means for Brandon Sheriff. I mean, again, we've talked about Brandon Sheriff's franchise tag status, his future at all forever now. Neither one of us think he's coming back here long-term. So I'm not interested necessarily in long-term, although that's still very much the conversation piece and the most likely situation. I'm curious, do you think this changes, meaning flowers, uh, along with Wes Schweitzer, who was here last year, Sadiq Charles, whatever they get out of him. Uh, do you think this changes at all I guess the, the the plan or the prism for Brandon Sheriff this year, meaning 2021? Uh, I don't think it necessarily changes what's going to happen with Brandon in 2021. I think uh, he's still, you know, clearing away the, the, the best – uh, option they have, you know, as part of that interior line trio, and I think that's, you know, I don't, I don't see any of these guys coming in and kind of unseating him now. Uh, like you've mentioned, some of our previous conversations, he does have a history of injuries, and there are injury concerns, and I'm sure that those injury concerns uh, were a part of the negotiations that didn't work out to get Brandon re-signed before they went ahead and laid the franchise tag on it. Perhaps uh, the team honestly never really kind of was interested in doing a long-term deal with Brandon because of some of those uh, injury issues that he's had in the past. You know, those are things that. He can't necessarily control, so it's not a knock on the human being, but it just kind of is uh, part of the nature of the business. You look at, go across the country, you look at a guy like Derwin James. I mean, if Derwin James can't find a way to, to get healthy and stay healthy for the Chargers, they're eventually going to move on from him as well. They're not going to want to give him long-term money. So Brandon Scherf in a very similar type of situation. 
I think, and I think that's where a lot of this comes in is, you know, if there was a solid offer made or a strong offer made to resign him, it probably had some play play performance, uh, you know, ties and strings to it that he had to play so many games or so many percentages, snaps or whatever it is to protect the franchise from that injury concern. And Brandon is probably looking for a little bit more buy-in from the franchise uh, than he necessarily got. So I think that this kind of is basically a symbol of what the plan has been going into 2021 with putting the franchise tag on Brandon is that the team is basically looking to under as many rocks as they can, whether it be a guy already on the roster, a guy they can trade for like they just did, or maybe even in the NFL draft to find a, a suitable replacement uh, for the 2022 season moving forward, or at least put them in a position to where they have a committee of guys to evaluate uh, because Brandon won't be part of the franchise after that. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I think it's, I think what this does is it's possible that they explore, uh, you know, a trade, whether it be this weekend or, or after. I think it's very unlikely uh, that it happens. So probably this is a long-term play. I, I guess the only other question I would ask you is what happens if Elijah Vera Tucker is the draft pick on 19, as has been heavily rumored and speculated? Does that tell us anything about Brandon share for this year or still are we at a point where, hey, we're, we're just trying to build depth? Yeah, I mean, we could still be at a point where Brandon Scherf is still on the roster and then Elijah Vera Tucker comes in and, and you know, really gives the Washington football team a chance to put the best five offensive linemen out there on the field. And you would hate to see a guy like Brandon Scherf sitting on the sidelines for as much money as you're paying him. Uh, but at the end of the day, if, if that's uh, what Coach Rivera, that's what the coaching staff feels like is the best thing for the team. I don't think that Ron Rivera is going to be apologetic about uh, making that thing happen. Now, at the same time, if they get to that point, then I see where you have a trade happen. But that's the problem with a potential draft trade. And, and hey, it could happen. You know what I mean? This team, they do have some experience, like you said, with Eric Flowers. So, I mean, this could be a situation where someone is telling Coach Rivera, hey, look, we can make do with Eric Flowers and then come back in the draft day two, day three, or, or an Elijah Vera Tucker if he's there. Maybe he's he's their primary on the board. And if he's not there, maybe then we see him go J-OK you know, how, however they want to sort this whole thing out. And so you could see Brandon Scherf flip for, I don't know, what do you think they get from probably a, a fifth round pick? I don't know if anybody's really going to jump uh, to a third, especially having to pay this, this, the franchise tag number for it already. Um, but whatever draft capital they can potentially get back either for this season or next season, uh, like you said, not have to wait for that compensatory pick to come back. So that could be ideal. I mean, I think that the, the, what it gives Washington is flexibility. It gives them choices. It gives them options. And really what it does is it takes any leverage that Brandon Scherf had going into, you know, the remaining part of the negotiation process, if they're even talking, or when you look forward to 2022, you know, again, having some depth, maybe another rookie, it gives Washington and then another draft coming up in 2022, right? It gives them uh, enough capital to where they can look at Brandon and say, look, dude, you don't hold all the cards. Like you might have like a pair of jacks in your hands, but we've got some cards that we can play with here too. So you're either going to come to the table fair and clean or you're going to go somewhere else. And, and honestly, I feel like Brandon's probably just going to go somewhere else. That's an interesting, it's an interesting way to put it. I didn't kind of think about leveling the playing field because almost everybody universally thinks Brandon Sheriff has all the leverage. All right. More on that. Uh, and in the days and weeks to come, and maybe there's nothing here and maybe there'll be something. We'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. All right, David, we're running out of time before the NFL draft. We've been going unit by unit, position by position uh, when we are together and ranking our top three that we think would fit the Washington football team uh, best based on need, based on uh, when we would kind of project maybe them 
uh, looking at a certain player and we're down to four position groups. We'll do the final two uh, on the Thursday episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast leading into round one. But here for the Wednesday episode of LOWFT, we're going to start with the wide receiver position, a position that they already obviously has Terry, Terry McLaurin. Uh, they spent big money on Curtis Samuel. They brought in Adam Humphreys, but then they have a bunch of questions uh, after that. Your Cam Sims, your Antonio Gandy Goldens, your Steven Sims Juniors, uh, Isaiah Wright, that type of crew. Uh, again, all question marks as to whether they're big time producers or even going to make the roster. So if I asked you for the number one guy that you think might be of interest to the Washington football team, might be there in a spot in which they're picking, uh, presumably early in the draft, and might be a fit, you would go with number one on your list of... My number one wide receiver is going to be Kadarius Tony out of Florida, and and I know some people are probably sitting there going, he, he's basically the same as, as a lot of the guys they already have on the roster. Uh, I mean, he's got some short area quickness like Adam Humphreys has. He's got the speed that like Curtis Samuel has, Terry McLaurin with the downfield uh, threat to him. He does, but I think what he does, he brings, while he brings a little bit more of what they already have, he also brings an extra layer of, of dynamic playmaking ability and He's a rookie, so he's only scratching the surface. Like he can get better as a route runner. He can get better technically uh, as a wide receiver. So if this coaching staff can take him and mold him into a more technically sound wide receiver, then he's got the potential to become a very legitimate threat down the road. But he also brings value in his rookie season. He could be a punt returner. He could be you know, a, a return game impact player uh, as well. He can do things out of the backfield. So, I mean, he just really adds another layer of versatility to an offense that already has quite a bit of versatility uh, but at the end of the day I mean when you when you come into this thing with with the ability to line up pretty much any way you want to inside and out uh, you give defenses fits and and when you find out what they're queuing in on you you can go the opposite direction and really test their preparation all right so David's going to go with Kadarius Tony the speed threat and explosive threat out of Florida as his number one guy I'm going to go with Terrace Marshall not Terrence Marshall, Terrace Marshall from LSU. Uh, really kind of came into his own replacing Justin Jefferson out of the slot. Big target, big body, uh, and can work inside and outside. And that's the thing for me. Like a slot guy shouldn't just be your typical 5'9", 180-pound shifty kind of guy, right? I would love in today's NFL where we use, uh, you know, uh, 13 personnel a lot um, for my slot guys to be able to go outside as well. Number one and number two, to be able to use their size to their advantage, again, going against traditionally smaller corners. So partly for that reason, partly because, Hey, maybe they can catch lightning in a bottle again, like Minnesota did uh, with Jefferson, who I know a lot of people are high on, but maybe not as high as he turned out or as good as he turned out to be. Uh, I'm going to go with Terrace Marshall as my number one fit at wide receiver. Again, realizing that I'm also not thinking that Washington should take a receiver in the first round. So, uh, I, you know, I think the only acceptable way that they take a receiver in the first round, at least the way I see it, is by trading out of 19 and down into the bottom part of the first round or maybe even back into the the early part of the second round. All right, so uh, number two, and I won't waste a lot of time because you said it well, uh, is, is for me, is Canaries Tony. Uh, again, don't think he should be the pick at 19. Maybe I can see, you know, late first round, early second round, maybe even, who knows? Uh, at 51, it's a fairly deep class. 
Uh, and there's a lot of good slot receivers. And, you know, you mentioned like Tony is raw, at, but explosive. You know, sometimes you can run really fast, i.e. John Ross, the former top 10 pick out of Cincinnati or out of Washington for Cincinnati. Sometimes you can run really fast and be explosive, but you don't know how to play football and you don't know how to play the position. So maybe Tony is that. I don't know. I'll let somebody smarter uh, tell me that and time uh, to explore that. Uh, real quick, we're going to get into a message from one of our sponsors, betonline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all of that action at betonline.ag. This week has tons of sports action on the go. As the NFL draft is on, the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams preps teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and guys, we tell you about Built Bar all the time. I just had a banana, uh, I think it was a banana chocolate puff or something like that. I, I forgot what the exact flavor was. All I know is banana and chocolate mm, get in my tummy, and it did and I devoured it. It was so good, soft, easy to chew. And the best part, guys, a Built Bar is not only soft and easy to chew and 100% covered in chocolate, but it's great for you, right? So you normally eat a candy bar and it's terrible for you. Not a Built Bar, nope. They are low in calories, low in sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for keto and great for really any diet. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, back now, guys. To wrap up today's episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell, and we're talking wide receiver rankings for the NFL draft fits for the Washington Football Team, and we pretty much already established neither of us really looking at the first round unless it involves a trade back into probably the mid to late twenty range there. But keeping that in mind with day two targets, my number two receiver uh, that I would like to see the Washington Football Team target, Chris, is Michigan receiver Nico Collins, and I'm kind of going the opposite of Kadarius Tony, my number one guy where Nico is obviously not as fast, but he's longer, he's taller, he's bigger. He kind of brings the dynamic to the Washington football team wide receiver group, at least in the top half of it, that we don't see right now with Terry McLaurin, with Curtis Samuel, with Adam Humphreys, that bigger body, longer wingspan. Not a guy who's going to get a whole lot of separation, which is a little concerning with a quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's got the length and the wingspan that if Ryan's a little bit off target, he can at least get a mid on it and keep a defender from, from hopefully intercepting it, or he can come down with a catch. He made a lot of amazing catches on some not so great, greatly thrown passes at the senior bowl practices. Nico Collins really jumped off the field out there in Mobile, Alabama, and I would love to see him jumping off the field for the Washington football team. All right, you were there in person, first eye, uh, bird's eye view of Nico Collins. I'm going to go number three with Diami Brown from North Carolina, David. Uh, I think he's climbing up uh, a lot of people's draft. I've seen some uh, people that have speculated that he might be like, you know, 
uh, like basically the Jam, Jamin Davis uh, of Kentucky riser on the offensive side. Maybe even he goes in the first round. I, I don't know if he's a first round pick. I think that would be reaching, uh, but he's, you know, six, one, a buck 85. And here's what I know. He's productive, right? I mean, he's not the fastest guy in the world. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he just makes plays and he makes them by stretching the field vertically. Some guys know how to run routes. Some guys know how to create separation. Some guys know how to use their body leverage, their hands uh, and their routes to kind of get, you know, that space open. You look at Terry McLaurin. He's not a physically imposing. He just knows how to run routes and get himself open. That's some of what I see in Diami Brown. So I'm going to go with him. Number three out of North Carolina. Yeah, and then my third receiver is Frank Darby out of Arizona State, and we're now we're getting into the deeper part of the NFL draft. He's basically a mix of what Kadarius Tony and Nico Collins bring. He's bigger and a little bit slower than Kadarius Tony, but he's smaller and a little bit shiftier, a little bit faster than Nico Collins, but he's all energy. And I, I think back to uh, the hard knocks season of Los Angeles, kind of why I had the Chargers in mind. But I look back at the hard knocks season that they just had with the Chargers and Rams, and there was a, a defensive back for, for the Rams, I can't remember his name. I think it's like Dante Dion, who is just, you know, laughing on every snap, laughing, just loves to practice, loves to play, loves to be on the practice squad even. Uh, That's Frank Darby to a T, and he's a guy that brings a lot of energy, maybe starts off his career on the practice squad, but eventually could become kind of a glue guy, a specialist on the offense that kind of does a couple of things really, really well. A little bit kind of like Adam Humphreys, to be honest with you, but he's going to love every moment of whatever he gets with the Washington football team. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. So we finish up our uh, wide receiver position group. And, David, we're going to jump right into the quarterbacks here because we're running a little bit low on time. Obviously, we spent so much time on that. I'm going to go with my top three, and then then I'll let you go into your three, and I'm not going to give a lot of explanations because we spent time on these guys. Number one for me, Kellen Mond. Uh, Again, I'm assuming that they're not going to trade up and get a quarterback, even though I know they want to. Number two, Davis Mills out of Stanford. Raw, but I like the tools. I like the upside. Number three, I know a guy you like, Jay. Amy Newman, uh, who went to Georgia and then Wake Forest and who uh, particularly showed well at the Senior Bowl. So those those are my three quarterbacks uh, for targets for the Washington football team. Absolutely. And my top three targets, uh, I'm going to do number one last. So number two is Jamie Newman at Wake Forest, a mid-round guy that could potentially develop into a, you know, a potential bottom tier NFL starter, or he could surprise everybody and become the next, you know, Tom Brady type of legend. Uh, my, my third guy is Davis Mills out of Stanford. He's catching a lot of buzz from a lot of guys that I respect, so there's got to be a reason for it. Uh, My number one guy is Justin Fields, and I want to be clear when I say this. I'm talking like 15 or later, Justin Fields. Like If he slips somehow to like pick 15, then I look for the Washington football team to potentially execute a trade if there's there's a team willing uh, to deal with them to move up to like 15, 16 to get Justin Fields. I'm not talking about like trading in the top five, trading in the top 10, anything crazy like that. But if Justin gets to like 15 somehow, drafts are crazy then I would like to see a Washington football team go and target him. And I would like to see him sit for a year behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, if at all possible, to develop uh, before 2022. Perspective and opinions all over the place on Justin Fields, as we often get at this time of the year. All right, we are going to have to uh, wait for our podcast review 
uh, until the next episode. Hopefully we can get it in, but with the draft, hope you guys understand, but we will get them all in. We appreciate you guys listening and commenting and taking the time to be a part uh, of the show. That's going to do it for us. We'll pre- we'll preview the final couple of positions coming up on uh, the next episode of Locked on Washington Football Team Podcast. We'll have surround coverage of the NFL draft all throughout the weekend for you. For David Harrison, I'm Chris Russ. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Washington Football Team Podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.